Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Broad, the Broad Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here with our Eagles Brawl insider, Ed Krause. Ed, when are you interviewing for the Eagles head coaching position? What time? Well, as soon as I can carve out about eight or nine hours to uh, sit down with Jeffrey Lurie and his search party, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll interview. I mean, I don't have the time for that. You know, they're turning over every single stone to get a feel, feel for candidates. But yeah, every, is- every single piece of sand they're overturning. I mean, it's this search is so wide and so far and such a huge net that it's re- really confusing to me. You know, like what exactly are they looking for? I mean, they've talked to coordinators, defensive, offensive. Now they're going to probably try to talk to the special team coordinator in Dallas. I mean, it's just such a far and wide-reaching uh, interview process that I just don't understand what is uh, being gained from it, to be honest. It, it looks like a team that wasn't expecting to fire their head coach conducting a head coaching interviewing process. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I think they fully expected Doug Peterson to come back, go to that second meeting with Jeffrey Lurie in Palm, uh, Palm Beach, and say, hey, you guys are right. Like, we need to change his offense up a little bit. Let's get somebody else in there. Boom, baby, let's go. Let's rock with Doug. But instead, Doug came in there and said, screw you guys. It's press or I'm out. And then, okay, we I can't bring you back, Doug. I'm sorry. I cannot bring you back if that's your mentality. So now we have to go into this head coaching search that we didn't really expect because we thought Doug would be the yes man, but the yes man finally said no. Yeah, good so, and and here's the thing is Jeffrey Lurie said, okay, there's not going to be any rush. We could be the last team to make the hire as it is. It's just them and the Texans left. Could go into February, but things have changed since then. Um, there's not going to be an NFL scouting combo, and that was made clear this week. So you have to have, to me, you have to get this coaching staff in place. Are you going to run a 3-4? Are you going to run a 4-3 on defense? Hey, on candidates. Raheem Morris just took the, the – DC. Uh, they just replaced – the Rams quickly acted when they lost Brandon Staley and now have Raheem Morris as he's a defensive coordinator now. That's right. a huge pickup. You're, you're, you're potentially losing these guys. But, but that plus you have to start making decisions on what your roster is going to look like. You have 
18 free agents. Horrible cap situation. Not a lot of money, right. And now you have all-star games that are going to be a big basis for evaluating talent. Like the Senior Bowl is coming up on January 30th. And, you know, are the Eagles going to have a coach in place? I mean, I know they'll have scouts and maybe Howie will be there. But you don't know what your staff looks like, what they're going to run, what kind of players are you looking for. So to me, now the sense of urgency has increased. Jeffrey Lurie said before all this went down with the Combine, that there was no rush. But to me now, all of a sudden, there needs to be some sense of urgency in filling this head coaching job so he can begin to put some pieces in place on his staff. I mean, it's not just about the OC and the DC, but, you know, are you going to bring back Stoutland to coach the O-line? Who's going to be your DB coach? Who's going to coach linebackers? I mean, it's got to be a handshake deal with Stoutland already. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know it was reported he was going back to Alabama, and now it looks like that maybe Doug Marone's going to go to Alabama to coach the line. So, uh, I don't know. I just think that now that you need to start really honing in uh, on on your personnel side of things, and you don't have anybody in place from a coaching standpoint that is going to let you know what they're doing offensively, schematically, and defensively, schematically. So to me, you need to find somebody here soon, and we're already on January the 19th, right? Today's the 19th. So to me, uh, they better start figuring this out and hopefully have somebody in place before the senior bowl at, at least. Here's my takeaway from this head coaching process so far. Number one, this this job is definitely not ideal as what as Eagle fans would hope it would be. Like that's just not a I mean Brian Dowell already isn't interested in the job, and that's somebody they would at least interview. Right. So this position is not very desirable. And it's I mean, we have to take the fan hat off for a second and the fan goggles off and say, look at the cap, look at the quarterback, look at the the personnel leadership. Like it's it's hard to take this job. A, a, a head coach just won a Super Bowl there, and he's already fired. Like the quarterback is seems to be broken. That they invested so much money in their cap is horrible. Harry Roseman makes bad picks. Jeffrey Lurie's a questionable owner at this point. Like it's not a desirable position, but there is talent. It is fixable, and you have potential to grow here and be here for a long time because they are looking for their next Andy Reid. So here's the here's what I see from this position still. I still believe Joffrey Daniels is the guy uh, from all of everything that I've been told that he seems like he's going to be the guy. And I'm again, I'm not trying to act like I'm a know-it-all, I'm not trying to act like an insider, just a trusted tip that I was told. And the person in the position would know, and I'm not going to be an insider that ends up being right. I'm not going to be some know-it-all, uh, just a great tip at a great time. But I do think Ed, with this process that they're doing now is what if McDaniels backs out because he's done it multiple times or he's done it before, not multiple times. Or what if McDaniels fails because you have McDaniels has to take it as it is. He's only interviewing for one job. He's he's failed before. He's been a he's been a bombshell uh with the Colts. He went into the Browns interview last year and said I don't want any of you guys to be in control. I want to be in control. You guys don't know what you're doing. That's Paul Costa and Paul Haslam. Jimmy Haslam, excuse me. If Josh McDaniels ends up being like Chip Kelly and Yuri went through the Chip Kelly experience once where a guy comes in with with an ego like that, uh, gets gives a little personnel says, and everything blows up in your face, you should have some backup plans. And I would argue the guys that they're interviewing, like the Dennis Allen interview, who's failed as a head coach with the Oakland Raiders before, but is doing great things with the New Orleans Saints defense. He's not interviewing anywhere else. Nobody else is interviewing him. Nobody's giving him a job. So what about the year next year or the year after? You have somebody on your list. Uh, who else? Jim Fassel of the Cowboys. I think that's just intel. 
Adam Capital said it himself too. I think I kind of agree with him on that one. I'm not gonna lie. That's just Intel knowing your enemy. Because every year it seems like when the Eagles end up getting rid of their head coach or going to a head coaching search, they try to interview somebody from the division. Uh, ben McAdoo almost got the job with the Eagles before. I'm just looking at the guys they're interviewing now, and I'm thinking a lot of these guys aren't in positions to become head coaches. Might be next year or the year after. If this Joshua Daniels experiment fails, I would expect Jeffrey Lurie to pull the plug quickly. I would expect because he he will. When stuff doesn't work out, he he ditches it. He goes, it's not working. Pull the plug. Now they have a list of guys who they already have something background on who they might keep their. I mean. It seems silly to think about the next head coach when you're trying to hire the current head coach. I know that probably people are like, this is too far-fetched. This is a little too much. But I mean, when you're dealing with Josh McDaniels and you're dealing with a guy who has this history already, who went to the Colts, accepted the job, and immediately the day that they announced that he's the head coach, backs out of it when he's given the keys to Andrew Luck. Because mind you, everybody who's listening, Andrew Luck did not retire until after the season, when the season was about to start, Frank Wright's rookie year. But he backs out of that job, stays with the Patriots. The Eagles have to, if they, this is the guy that they want to go in with, they have to have a safety net for this decision. They got spurned by Ben McAdoo once, who decided to go with the Giants over them, and that was their pick. And then they had the safety net where they talked to Doug, they interviewed Tom Coughlin, they had interest in Dirk Coder, the Bucks offensive coordinator at the time. They had interest in Bengals defensive coordinator Paul Gunther at the time. Like Jeffrey Lurie cast these safety nets for things that don't work out. So I think this is just a normal process, but I would like it to speed up a little bit because you only have two openings left. Your cap situation's a mess. You need to figure out the quarterback and you need to figure out if John Dorsey's going to be a part of this thing or not and how him and Harry Rosemary are going to collaborate. Yeah, well, listen, I'm, I'm all for plan B and that sounds like what you're saying, Lurie, wants is the safety net or a plan B in case something doesn't work out. But I'm not sure that's the right approach, man. I'm I'm thinking you got to jump all in on whoever your guy is, and you have to be confident that he's going to be the guy. And the heck with you know two years from now. Um, oh, I agree with you. I just, I, I, you know, I, if that's I'm just Josh McDaniels, bro. I mean, that's all it is. I'm just looking at Josh McDaniels. If that's your coach, I know like, you, you don't have to, to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. The thing, the stunt, the stunts that he has pulled in the past would give me reason to pause to hire him, but I wouldn't hire him unless I was. 100% sure that he was invested and committed and that he was the right guy to fix whatever it is the Eagles are looking for him to fix, which we all know is Carson Wentz. Um, and if you're Josh McDaniels, you have to look at your situation in New England where you thought you'd be taking over for uh, Bill Belichick. He's 69 now, I think, going to be 70. Uh, but Belichick doesn't seem like he's ready to step aside anytime soon. And now you have a situation in New England where Tom Brady's not there. You had Cam Newton. You couldn't do anything with him. Um, what's the future of the Patriots? And what is your future going to look like if the Patriots miss the playoffs, not only this year, but next year and the year right. after? Then nobody's going to want to hire me if I'm Josh McDaniels. So, you know, he really has to come in swinging and take whatever the Eagles are offering. And if that's no personnel control, then he's going to have to suck his ego up and go without that type of stipulation if he looks at his situation honestly in New England, because to me, I don't see the Patriots unless they can maybe draft the Mac Jones and see what he does. I'm not sure they're going to, their fortunes are going to rise as quickly as uh, 
Belichick and McDaniels would hope. I agree with you because, I mean, he again, Cam Newton looks like half the player that he used to be anyways. But, I mean, he failed with him, and he's only getting one head coaching look because of this too. That could be a factor. And not only that, you might have the guarantee of playing and coaching and fixing an MVP caliber quarterback or taking the chance that New England finds their next guy, which, like you're saying, it's not that easy. That's not something that you can just draw up and get. They looked into Tom Brady once. Right. right. Not guaranteed to have it again. And honestly, I'm not sure that they, they can evaluate the quarterback position that well anyways. Like, so I don't, you might be right with this. Like, you like it makes sense. And I think I, the allure of fixing Carson Wentz, because I think perception around the league about Carson Wentz is still a high opinion. I would think that they would hold him in a high regard still. I, yeah. That's just my take. Not saying that's the truth, but that might just be my take. Right. If you're Joshua Daniels and you say, "I, I know I can fix Carson once. I know I can. I can get credited for that though in such a football city, a huge market, and then I can be known around the league. What I should be known as the redemption story, the guy who uh, was the now cast in Denver, but came to Philadelphia and resurrected Carson once and made him live up to his full potential uh, in such a harsh market wins him another super bowl like that might the lure of that might convince josh mcdaniels like hey you know that i should try that that would be great for his ego which we know is already you know yeah i just think it's so funny do you think this could be chip 2.0 because it seems like they're the same type of guy (laughs) um more successful in the nfl well i mean yeah it could be but yeah you're right chip never had the success in the nfl McDaniels has had success in the NFL, um, you know, even with Tom Brady. I mean, you know, he, he did help Brady, even if you maybe don't think so. And here we are, Brady's in the, you know, in the NFC championship game again without McDaniels and Belichick. So, you know, maybe that takes some of the shine off of that duo too. Oh, it definitely does. I mean, I've been getting killed on Twitter for saying it, but I mean, Brady's won with and without McDaniels. Like, yeah. I do think it is true that, McDaniels has elevated an offensive system around Brady that utilized the slot where Tom Brady would throw to the most. And then the tight end system, I think that is the allure of that. He did maximize the 12 personnel yeah. two tight end set. But other than that, he's not very successful. And Ed, I know you've probably done so much research into him now too, since you I mean you write for Sports Illustrated, you have to keep the up-to-date Eagles news. What he did with Jay Cutler was messed up, man. Yeah. You look at I mean, well, yeah. First day in, he brought he called Cutler and his agent into a meeting, right. uh, and for about fifteen minutes, just talked about how great he was. And you know, and like I did this with Matt Castle, like I didn't yeah. just do it with Tom Brady. This is what you suck at, and this is what you need to be good at to be good with me. Yeah, he he really, really uh, ripped Cutler in that meeting, and that was after a fifteen minute. And that's- a team handing you the keys to a young first-round quarterback. Yeah. He's coming off of a broken system with Mike Shanahan, who's still young and needs to be fixed. And that's what Denver, Denver's envision was mm-hmm. when they hired Josh McDaniels, and he ruined it immediately from the jump. And then they – so because everybody's like, oh, I'm not surprised Josh McDaniels wasn't successful. He had to deal with Kyle Orton. He's the reason he had to deal with Kyle Orton. Yeah. That's his fault. Yeah. And then how he handled the videotape scandal, you know, kind of denying that he even looked at it and this and that. Um, really just kind of an underhanded. And listen, every Eagles fan listening right now is t- listen, rolling their eyes thinking like, come on, guys. It was 10 years ago, 11 years ago. But fast forward to what he did to the Colts. That's messed up, man. 
Like that isn't that's not good. Your your own agent fired you because of that. As right. a representation, he left you. Bob Lamont was out. I'm out. I can't deal with this guy anymore. He's a fluke. He's ruining every opportunity I get him. Can't deal with it anymore. Like that, that's how messed up he thought that was. Like yeah. that it was a messed up thing what he did. And people don't really know this. And I keep telling people because I'm doing research talking to people. Uh, not people. I want to say beat writers for the Patriots. What he did to the Browns last year, when you don't deserve a head coaching interview after what you did to the Colts, bud. Like, be honest. Like, I know you're from Cleveland. That's your home. But you really did not deserve another interview after what you did to Ballard and stood the Colts up at the altar. And yet you go into that building, you go into that interview, and you say, Jimmy, and look, I get what people are going to say. Cleveland deserves this treatment, but hear me out. Jimmy Haslam, owner. Paul DaCosta, vice president. You guys don't know what you're doing at all. I deserve all say. All personnel say. I need it all. And then they go ahead and they hire Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry's in there, and look what happens to the Browns. They're in the divisional round when they were nowhere near the playoffs ever, like in years. So, well, I guarantee you, at least I can 99% guarantee that McDaniels didn't come into the Eagles interview and demand of Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman that. No, he viewed them in a different light. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if he would have done that, they would have thrown, I would hope that they would have thrown him out on his ear. Right, because then there's no smoke to this fire. Yes, there's a nine-hour interview or however long it lasted. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I love John Clark. Like he's been NBC Philly for like ever. Like you never not remember the Eagles and John Clark. But I feel like he just says this stuff to hypes it up. Mm-hmm. Like he loves that dramatic effect with that stuff because uh, I feel like that was a normal head coaching interview or at least close to it. Yeah, maybe a little on the longer side than others, but there could be reasons. I mean, it was a game day. Maybe they sat around and watched the game, and they explained what was going on in the football game. You know, it was the uh, divisional round on Sunday, two games. So, you know, maybe they sat around and watched some of that. I'll tell you one thing, Ed. We'll hear every facet of that interview because Lurie and Howie will leak it so that they can get fans to buy in because a lot of us aren't going to buy into this high. Right. I mean, And, you know, and listen, you, you throw in, you know, you mentioned the Colts thing. You throw in the fact that, after McDaniels turned them down, the Colts turned to Frank Reich and took away one of the key parts to the Eagles' Super Bowl victory. Right. It was hiring Frank Reich to be their head coach. And look what a great job Reich and Chris Bauer, their GM, have done together in Indianapolis. So, uh, right. Yeah. You know, flushing uh, Jacoby Brissett through there. You know, they lost Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett. They had Philip Rivers. Because, I mean, Philip Rivers, they could have possibly got to, though. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just think that Eagles fans probably wouldn't be happy with McDaniel's just on general principle for what he's done. But then you throw in the fact that he's viewed as the guy that cost them Frank Reich, who is whose legend has only grown, uh, you know, deeper since he's been gone these three years. So it's really uh, funny. The only positive spin you and I have had so far about Josh McDaniel's, which might, because I don't know, man, I've seen a lot of people try to buy themselves in Josh McDaniel's. Those six Super Bowls that Tom Brady brought New England. Uh, <laughs> It really sold people on Josh McDaniels, apparently. So I've yeah. seen a lot of people talking themselves into Josh McDaniels, and I just haven't been able to yet personally. Uh, yeah. But Listen, the funny thing is, the only positive that you have too is Chris Ballard wanted him. Yeah, I mean that, and Chris Ballard to me, he's got to be one of the top five GMs in the NFL, in my opinion. Absolutely, um, absolutely. If he liked McDaniels three years ago, then that's a plus. I also think it's a plus that. He has that hard line approach. And why you say, well, you shouldn't hire a coach just to fix one player. You should look at your entire roster. Um, 
I think he would be good for Carson Wentz, to believe, believe it or not. I think he would. it would be his way or the highway. And listen, uh, Carson, if you're not going to listen to what I'm going to say or what I want you to do, we got Jalen Hurts sitting right over there. Exactly. So you'll be on the bench after game one if you don't toe the line with me. So I think that would benefit Wentz. So those are two positives, in my opinion, of McDaniels. Um, but I think here's why I think McDaniel crushed his interview. Wonder why he was the best candidate that walked in there that had a plan for plan A. Yeah. But he also had a plan for plan B, and his name was Jalen Hurts. I do think because I. I don't know if you looked into what McDaniels was saying about Cam Newton when they originally signed him in this offseason because I'll let you know right now, forget what Cam Newton did this season. Everyone and their moms was hyping up that signing when it happened. New England's back. They got Cam Newton. And then Josh McDaniels was one who architect that, that hypeness. Yeah. He was saying, I can't wait to get into a system and adapt to it with a mobile quarterback. I can't wait to tailor my offense to what Cam Newton does best. And he did in a rushing standpoint. Cam Newton had 12 rushing touchdowns this year, believe it or not. So, yeah. I mean, he did in a rushing standpoint. He just didn't get – I mean, I mean, again, it was Cam. He's he's done. Like, it's just the truth. But because uh, some people would argue that he got the best out of Cam. Others would say otherwise. But uh, going into that, Josh really hyped that up, have having a mobile quarterback. So, I feel like what blew the Eagles away well, – this is, again, an opinion – but what probably blew the Eagles away about Josh Daniels among all the candidates that they hired so far is that he immediately walked in that building and he had a plan for plan A, but he also had a plan for plan B and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's probably what attracted the Eagles to McDaniels and why there's so much smoke around this McDaniels fire um, being the next head coach. And yet, you know, the Eagles continue to add candidates. You know, I just got – uh, text here while we've been airing here that they they're gonna they interviewed Kellen Moore today, the Dallas also going through the Kellen Moore interview to have been requested, but now he interviewed uh, with the Eagles. So Dennis Allen tomorrow that'll be ten candidates that they'll have interviewed in total that we know of, and we that doesn't include Lincoln Riley who we know was their top choice. Yes. When, they, when they let go, Doug go. So that, that's 11 names that have been out there. And, you know, safety net be damned. That's just too many names, man. You're, you got to focus this search down. And I guess there's not going to be any second interviews, right? I mean, they're just going to go. I mean, can they go back to Joe Brady now that they interviewed? Sorry, yeah, I would, I would. That's what I'm wondering. Do you do a second round of interviews then? Because I would think that it would be Joe Brady that gets one and Joshua Daniels. And I, I don't know who Maybe. else. I mean, do you have to go back and refresh your notes on um, on Joe Brady? I mean, it's been over a week. You've interviewed eight, nine guys since then. Honestly, I would have thought if you're going to commit to a rebuild and uh, retool this whole entire defense and retool this whole entire offense, like Joe Brady would have been the guy. And I think I thought you know Joe Brady might have better ties than Philadelphia than than we would expect. Matt Rule. It has those temple ties and temple ties are close to the Eagles. They played on that football stadium. They played the same football stadium. Uh, and then not only that, he had, he was on James Franklin's staff and Penn state as an assistant. So you have ties to that too. Like if anybody's going to get good background information on Joe Brady, it's the Eagles out of most of the teams that interviewed him. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you already know what you ha- have to know in him. I, I, I really don't know, man. I, I don't get it. Cause you're not doing any of these. Are you going to do second interviews? Are you going to second? I mean, you you were so long with Josh. What's the what's the second interview going to tell you? 
Right. You know, or maybe you were too short with Brady or too short with Gerard Mayo. I mean, I, it's just such a, to me, I don't know, there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of focus to this. And like I mentioned earlier, I just think that, um, listen, you, you have to get this staff in place uh, sooner rather than later because personnel stuff is creeping up real quick. This is a roster that needs to be made over. And the sooner you can get guys in place that can make these decisions in uh, concert with the front office, the better off you're going to be in the long term. Um, so I'm not sure there's going to be second interviews. I mean, Brady, like I said, it's been over a week. I mean, do you, are you going to have to call him in to, you know, say, okay, well, yeah, we I, I feel like your decision is made up on Brady at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I mean, I don't understand why if he was your guy, you would wait eight days or nine days now since interviewing him. Yeah, I, I think he's not the guy. Again, you can hire Josh Mealy now too, but uh, I think if they have a safety net, it could be Deuce Staley. I mean, I, I really, I, agree. I, agree. I think Deuce is like the Doug of this, of this patch. Yeah. And then there may already be coaches in place with him. And maybe that's part of the interview here with all these guys is who would you bring in as your OC and your DC um, not that they Todd would. Bowles, I don't get. I mean, I like Todd Bowles, and I think what he did with the Bucks defense is great. But there's some coaches that are just meant to be defensive coordinators, and he's one of them. Like, yeah. There's just some coaches that are meant to be coordinators, and it's definitely Todd Bowles for defensive coordinator there. And yeah. I, you know what you need to know with him? He was with the Eagles before. Yeah. You know, the, this Nick Sirianni interview on Tuesday was pretty interesting. I thought. You know, I mean, he's been around. He's been with Reich. His offenses have done well with Brissett, uh, with Andrew Luck, with. Philip Rivers, um, you know, and I know Frank has I almost thought, and I mean, he didn't interrupt you, but I almost thought, um, and then I read into it more and I was wrong, but that, because technically, if you were to hire Nick Serini, you could still hire him as offensive coordinator because he doesn't call plays in Indianapolis, so it'd be promotion if you gave him as a play caller in Philly. So I was almost thinking like, which this is not going to, this is just way too out of the realm of possibilities, but uh because Josh is going to call plays. There's no way Josh Daniels wouldn't call plays. Right. But, I mean, Drop Mayo could be your defensive coordinator, potentially. Right. Nick Serini could be an offensive coordinator for you, potentially, if you go with a defensive-minded head coach. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I mean, who's to say these interviews aren't for the head coaching job? I mean, yeah, it could be under I the Mayo's defensive coordinator, if anything. Yeah, maybe Siriano they're talking to about being the OC, but then why would Indianapolis let him go if it's McDaniel's? Why would he come join McDaniel's over Reich? McDaniel's, yeah, it's too far fetched anyways because McDaniel's wouldn't give a play calling. But he's if, calling the play. If it's Deuce and then, you just want him to be, you know, the quote unquote CEO of the roster, yes, maybe Siriano makes sense, and then maybe Mayo makes sense, and then you just in one fell swoop you announce this is our head coach, this is our DC, and this is our OC. Man, so many people want Deuce. Yeah, you know, and some people might think it's running it back. It's the same old approach as Doug had, you know, or or Chip, because he's been around for both those. uh, Henry, Henry, he's been around for all three. And Andy, yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, to me, I mean, Deuce would certainly make the locker room happy. Um, But again, it comes down to who's going to fix Wentz. Can Sirianni do it as the OC? I'm at the point where I need the more unknown than I need the the who's been here. Yeah. Do you so, think yeah. Daly being head coach would light a fire under Carson Wentz? Well, I think it would depend who he brought in as his quarterbacks coach. Okay. And, 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 because 
you know, Deuce wouldn't technically, that wouldn't be his job is to light the fire under Carson Wentz. Now he can get in there and motivate him and, you know, uh, try I to give him wisdom. It's going to be his job to fix his mechanics, to fix his attitude, to fix all that stuff. It's going to be the job of, the, you know, the OC and the QB coach, whoever they may be. It won't be Press Taylor. No. Um, I'm pretty certain. I'm like 100% certain. <laughs> <laughs> so even if it was Deuce, it's not going to be pressed. But uh, so I think it would depend on who uh, who they bring in. And, you know, I think Siriano's had good experience because he's had a, a variety of quarterbacks that he's worked with. And all of them have seemed to be pretty successful. Even Jacoby Brissett, you know, one coach. He's uh, go back to his Chargers tenure. He kind of developed Keenan Allen. Yeah. Right. I mean, but he was a receivers coach. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, I think that was an intriguing name. Somebody that is intriguing. Yeah. I don't mind it at all. I, 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 Hey, I, I enjoy the process. I just don't think it's a thorough process. I think it's kind of like they look the way, cause everybody's going to be like, come on guys. Like there, it's not a bad thing to interview a bunch of candidates. And I don't, I, I don't disagree, but I think the approach to it is looks like a team that wasn't expecting to fire their head coach. Right. Very uncoordinated approach. Yeah, very uncoordinated. Exactly. Very uncoordinated, you know. <laughs> very, uh, yeah, it goes hand in hand. But I still think um, from all ice and purposes, I mean, it's going to be Josh McDaniels. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just I just trust the person that told me. So if I wish it was, I mean, that's not what I'm a fan of. I think I really would prefer it to be otherwise. Um, but I don't think this person would tell me misinformation. But we'll find out still. My insider, not banging on it. Not going to make a career off of that one. I feel like I'd be like part of my friend. I feel like I'd be an asshole to point that out and be like, Hey, I got this right. Like, okay. So did everybody else, man, like they, he was the favorite apparently. Yeah. So, like, so I wasn't trying to make a big off of it. I just thought what he told me was solid information. So I believed it. Yeah. But what's going into these Carson Wentz reports, man. I mean, same old, same old stuff, but it just gets, destroyed day in and day out and i i'm listening to these talk sports radio shows of like demanding that carson makes a press conference like comes out about these reports guys we don't have a head coach right we don't even know who our coach is you want carson to make a press conference when there's so much up in the air the philadelphia eagles right now no. that makes no sense no he should have done it right after the season ended really but yeah he, he should have but that ship has sailed and now you have to wait to get a head coach and see if he's happy with that coach who the quarterback coach is do you think that his situation with Doug was this bad, though, the way that these reports are indicating? Like, this is like he was openly ignoring his play calls. He was uh, being insubordinate. Like, I feel like this is – I sound like I'm listening to, like, a Catholic schoolgirl. Yeah, I'm not, I, my, I think some of it's overblown, to be honest with you. Um, I think there was some of that. But I really think, you know, a lot of this is, is on Carson, too. I mean, it's just his mechanics kind of got sloppy. Right, we have to – like, it is on Carson. Want to know why? We have to figure out why he regressed. And just pointing at Doug is not enough for people. That's no. not, and I don't think it should be enough. Cause I, like I said, we've said this multiple times on the show. It takes a collective effort for this type of failure. And I think it was Doug's fault. I think it was Carson's fault. And I think it was Howie's fault for bringing Joan Hurts. Like, it's just the truth. Like, I understand the process behind bringing in Joe and Hurts. I understand the mindset, what it was at the time, but it still sent a wrong message to your quarterback no matter what. And it played to the back of his mind. And he showed it to you. He proved that to you. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I said I, there has there's more reasons to his individual failure. But uh, when you're a hundred twenty eight million dollar quarterback and you're the franchise quarterback of this city, you're held to a higher standard than blame the head coach, blame the rookie quarterback. And I agree with it. I absolutely agree with it. You need to be above this stuff. 
if you're going to be this type of quarterback that we hail you to be. Uh, but the, I think these reports are just overblown too. Like I think it's silly. Uh, I'm telling Jalen Hurts say kill, kill, maybe more than I did Carson Wentz this season. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go back and count. But um, yeah, you know, and listen, you have to be able to identify the problem before you can fix the problem. And I haven't really heard one good reason for what the problem was with Carson. And, you know, maybe that's a reason that so many of these interviews are taking place because I'm sure these coaches that are coming in have watched tape to prepare for this interview on Wentz so they can try to identify what they think the problem is. Um, And maybe that's what the Eagles are trying to find out too from others is what, what do you think is wrong with our franchise quarterback? Sad. And how can you? you know, I don't disagree with you, but I mean that's just uh, what a fall from grace. Hey, look at our Lombardi over there and this cool fat head of Carson Wentz we have in our office. But what do you think's wrong with him? <laughs> like that, that's uh, sad, great. man. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying you're wrong because I feel like that might actually be what's going on. Because again, if they knew what's wrong with Carson Wentz, come out and tell us, please. They like, say yeah, it, admit it, give us some kind of answer because I don't even because they. Well, you're assuming that they don't know. And I think that's fair to assume. I think uh, many would agree. So I do think that they're doing those interviews, but like, come on, that's sad. I know. Like, no, I was, if I'm coming into like, look, no, not an Eagles fan anymore. Not an Eagles podcast. They're just coming into this interview. Uh, I, all I care about is coaching. And they say to me, how do you fix the guy that we paid this much? I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, do any of you guys know what you're doing? And, and to say that to Josh McDaniels, yeah. like, the guy who, Point in that's why I feel like if Josh goes in there and says, I know what to do with Carson, I know what to do with Jalen, shut up, let me do it. They're like, I don't know if we have a choice. <laughs> Look at Carson's contract. Do we have a choice? All right, man, we don't have a choice. Go ahead, Josh. We'll yeah. shut up. Like, yeah. well, I mean, interviews are two way streets, right? You're supposed to uh, learn a little about the person you're interviewing and you're supposed to learn from them. Uh, you know, it's too, you know what I mean? Like uh, right, we also have to face the reality of the situation that it's a desirable job. Like as much as I love this team, this market, I understand it. And that they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It's not the same team. And Brian Dabble just turned it down. Right. And that's a legit thing that legit happened. He decided to go back with Josh Allen instead of giving this, even an interview. Right. And it's an undesirable job because of the front office. Because and you kind of get the feeling that you don't think Eric Bimey wants this job. Bear, be enemy. Be enemy. I keep butchering his last name. But well, just remember it like this, like Chris Berman used to say when he did all those nicknames with the highlights, he always called him Eric sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love D. I that's why I would like if if uh you remember those NFL two K games? Yes, the best ones, man. Because and To was on the cover of the last one, but uh, Chris Berman would do the announcing on there. I love those as a kid. Yeah, yeah. That was perfect. So that's how you can remember Enemy because he's sleeping with Enemy. I yeah. love it. That's how I always remember it too. And now I'm trying to learn how to spell it. But it looks like Enemy doesn't really have a whole lot of interest uh, in interviewing with the Eagles. You know, they requested the interview, but his management team came out and said that it probably wasn't going to happen. And they're the ones that put out the tweet that said that the Eagles. Hire Josh McDaniels, yeah. I'm going to hire Josh McDaniels. So, I mean, there is a lot of smoke around McDaniels, and, you know, you might be right, but, you know, Carson Wentz is the issue. And, uh, hey, I Josh, think- while you go assemble your staff and talk to people, we're going to keep interviewing coaches because you did assemble your staff before and you did when you did before. So go figure that out, and yeah. we're going to fill time 
making a list of guys who might need to replace you. I, I, I look, that's, that's just a theory. That's not, I mean, that's not even, there's no way Jeffrey Larry's going into these interviews thinking two down, two years down the road, but I hope, uh, I hope that you would, whoever you pick, you're all in. You think he's going to be your coach for the next 10 years. You're not right. You know, well, how can you care? How can you like really logically explain the buying time thing that they're doing? Um, just, well, they, other than they're maybe just they're just not sure. Like maybe they're just, maybe they don't know. Maybe they're not fully because I know the report by Mike Florio states that Larry's not all in on McDaniel's. He's not sold on him yet, which I don't believe that for a second. But yeah. if it is true, uh, maybe that explains why you keep going on with these interviews. Like because hey, we don't know, and we don't know who wants this job, and maybe it's because they want to learn what outside forces are thinking of our roster, of our situation, of our quarterbacks. Um, you know, it's giving them a glimpse from the outside into what they're working with uh, on the inside, if that makes sense. But, yeah, maybe they value that many opinions around the league to think like, hey, like, what do you think? Like, right. what, what what would you say is, is our problem? And what's the first change you would make to our roster? What, you know, maybe those questions are important because they're facing a rebuild or they're facing a retooling. I mean, this cap indicates that guys that we love are leaving. Probably. Um but you mentioned the reports about Carson. I mean, what these reports are doing is it's making it awfully hard for Carson Wentz to play quarterback in this city because there's going to be a lot of animosity, um, I think, shown towards Carson if people believe that he was insubordinate, that his ego got the best of him, that he thinks his way is the best way, that he's the one that got Doug fired. I mean, all these things, um, people aren't going to be crazy about that when they show up you know, week one at the link Hopefully we'll have fans, um, but they're, you know, and they're going to make their voices heard. And especially if Carson comes out in the first half and, you know, <laughs> doesn't light it up if he's the quarterback. I mean, it, it, it's really just putting him in a bad situation with the fan base, if you ask me. And it's, you know, to me, he probably should request some kind of a trade just to, you know, get him extricate himself Ooh. from this situation. That's a good one. So you don't think you don't think Carson Josh McDaniels does what does it for Carson? Well, I, I, you know, I think if you're Carson, it may not matter who you hire as a coach to quote unquote fix you. Carson hasn't come out and said, "Listen, I was paid like the franchise quarterback, and I failed so far in that mission these last month of the season, and now I'm committed uh, to trying to be that player that I was, you know, in the three previous years or whatever." Um, he hasn't committed at all along those lines, and so if I'm him. Uh, you know, you could Vince Lombardi could fall out of the sky, and I'm not sure he would feel comfortable playing in this city again. Knowing how tough this city is, um, he just may come out and request a trade anyway, no matter who it is. Yeah, I he may he he might, but again, it, it's such a the Eagles would take such a big salary cap pit. There's nothing he could do. Contract right. plus, it could take one good phone call with Josh McDaniels to buy back in too. I I mean, yeah. So whoever the coach is, that's the first call you make is, hey, Carson, let's talk. Because that's what they're going to have to do. Because the preference by Lurie going into these interviews is how is Carson? Like, it's Carson. He has to be the main preference. But like I said, you have to also have a good – because they're not going to – I agree with you, and you said this earlier in the show. They're not going to blame the new head coach if Carson doesn't work out. I don't think they will. They're not going to cry it again and say, we're going to – all right, let's – this coach didn't work out. Let's go for the third time and see if we can fix Carson. That's not going to happen. This is it. 
Mm-hmm. Like if this coach doesn't fix Carson, they're not they're not going to hold that coach accountable for not fixing Carson. They're going to pivot to Plan B and Jalen Hurts. I would I would assume. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter who they hire, I guess. Then per se, you have to buy in. But they had to have at least a good. They had to have the main preference of fixing Carson, but also having uh, an idea in mind of what to do with Jalen Hurts. Right. Yeah. And no matter who they hire, it doesn't guarantee Carson's coming back in Carson's mind. I mean, he. He could still say, I want out. I'm not going to be happy. I don't think he would do that. Um, but I, I mean, we don't really know the guy from Timbuktu. Let's no, you said it yourself. Like, it's hard to get a read on him ever. Yeah. So, I mean. The fact that he's been in town for five years. and right, But you would think you would not. Him on, yeah. on more than just a football level is surprising. It is surprising. But you would think that, I mean, there's got to be some kind of loyalty to this team that he has. This is the team that drafted him. Right. And the team that made him a millionaire and took care of his kids, his kids' kids, you know, generations of Wences coming through or, you know, pretty should be financially. I feel like there's just got to be something different there when that team drafts you. Like that team believed in you. That team traded up for you. That team did everything they possibly could to be in position to pick you. They wanted that Dakota to take me out to dinner. Right, that, that, I'll never forget that dinner picture. They had everybody there. Frank was there. Yeah. Doug was there. Howie was there. Yeah. Jeff was there. Dom was there. Like everybody was there that could possibly be there. That was all of the Eagles organization. They were so in on Carson. Like you can't piss that away. Yeah, you can't just forget that. Right. You know, and I, I would argue that they fired the coach because of you. And well, that's going to be one of the perceptions. It's going to make it hard for Carson to line up behind center again in the fall if it comes to it. I mean. I don't think the fans are going to be very lenient towards him. I don't think they're going to be very forgiving. I'm not sure they'll be so accepting of him as they were when he first came in. They never were. They never were. Come on. I mean, I, I mean, I want to say never. They, they. That's that's hard. But so I, I just remember Week One, Washington, 2019. I go to that game. Could not. They started off so slow. Could not stop hearing about Nick Foles in that crowd. Mm-hmm. Not stop hearing about where's Foles, where's Foles, where's Foles. So. I mean, I think that stigma has kind of unfortunately faced him his whole entire Eagles career. Yeah, yeah, true enough. And, right. you know, there's a lot of pressure playing here in the city, and now you yeah, factor in, you know, you layer in the fans. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult for him. And if I'm his representation, I'm talking about all this. And, you know, Carson does say that he's mentally strong. This is what he signed up for, to be a quarterback, to because he come under such scrutiny, so he's prepared for it. But – you know, words and actions are, are two different things, and we'll see if he's able to handle, if he's still here, what the fans could have in store for him with the first incompletion or the first interception or the, the slow first half starts. I mean, it's if he keeps running it back and he's the same guy. I think he would have to really sit back and think, what kind of leash will I be on now? Like, well, what can't kind of think he's going to be on? he can't think it's going to be a very long one and he shouldn't think it's going to be a very and long did, one. And I, I would think if he thinks that, then he would still want out. Right. Because the minute that they made that, and I, I don't want to compare the two players because one's really better than the other. But when they make that pick, when they make that trade, excuse me, to get up the, the trade up to get the quarterback, Sam Bradford wanted out immediately before they even named who the quarterback was going to be, who they were going to pick. He's like, yeah. oh, wow. Like, there's no, like, this obviously isn't for me. They have a whole different mindset with this team. I want out. I'm not gonna waste my time. Right. Like, if he thinks like, "Hey, my leash isn't that long anymore," and that's in the back of his head, why would he want to play here? Yeah. And if the reports are true that indicate that he wants to be reunited with Frank Reich, 
other than hiring Nick Serini or interviewing Nick Serini uh, to get as close as Frank Reich as you possibly can, what else can you do to get Carson Wentz to want to stay in Philadelphia if there's no Frank Reich here? <laughs> like, if those reports are true. That's the only thing that I also thought about this Nick Serini thing was, hey, Carson, we can't get you Frank, but we can get you the next best thing in Frank. Yeah, well, that, that could be it. But, you know, he Sirianni came along late in this search again, you know. Uh, right. I, I, this is, I would be shocked if it's not Josh. Yeah, I, I'm still not ready to come off of uh, the McDaniels hire either. But the fact that they're talking to Kellen Moore, talking to Dennis Allen, talking to Nick Sirianni, I mean, it's still anybody's ball game, in my opinion. I don't think it's a fluid job. It's so fluid. It's definitely a fluid situation. Anything, yeah. can, anything can change in the head coaching stuff. Yeah, and then look, you still got four teams left in the playoffs, and I know you can talk to coaches virtually now. The NFL kind of had a change of heart, and you can. Now talk to them. You don't have to wait for the season to end. But, you know, who's to say like a guy like Mike Pettin on the defensive staff for the Packers isn't being thought about or Nathaniel Hackett, the OC with Brett Favre. Or not right, you lost me with the Mike Pettin, but you just brought me back with the Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Because I would talk to Hackett. I think that's a good choice. But no, please yeah. no Pettin. Uh, but, I mean, who's to say that those guys won't be in the mix on Wednesday or Thursday? I mean, you well, know. He- if you do, yeah, you're right. But if you do these second interviews, like you would, I mean, I guess you would assume that they do. I don't know if they are going to do it at this point, but if they do these second interviews, you would think that they would want to have a more clear head with Todd Bowles, who's still involved. Yeah, I don't know. Um, right. And he interviewed Monday, and like we talked about Joe Brady Wednesday. I mean, maybe they have like a court stenographer in there taking these great notes for everything that's been said, and, you know, they transcribe it. And then now they have this voluminous packet on Brady. and They're just recording these things. Like, hey, the camera's in the background. It's yeah, right. We're only doing this because we're going to have to review this in a week or so. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to forget even your name by then. Yeah. So, <laughs> sit there, say your first, last name, say where you coached before, and tell us what you'll do with Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take one, you know, and then they roll the tape. But, yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of going to be it, you know. I don't think there will be round uh, second-round interviews. I think the first one is it. Uh, and they'll just look, go to the tape for Brady two weeks ago or whenever it will be if they decide to hire him. But um, I just still think it's kind of a meandering search. I, I would put McDaniels at the top still at this point um, with Deuce Daly being the safety net. I agree. I think – I agree. No, I disagree. I think that's absolutely right. I don't see how any other way it wouldn't be that way. Uh, McDaniels turns us down. Fine, we'll look into Deuce. Maybe we'll yeah. see if Deuce has it. If not, then we'll do this all over again. Because I don't know who else it would be. That Jim Fassel's not happening. That's not happening. Um, Kellen Moore, I doubt happens. I mean, I don't, who knows, man? All it all takes is one good interview, I guess. But I, I really, but would be shocked if it's not McDaniel's. I really still would be shocked if it's not McDaniel's. So all these other guys were poor interviews. I mean, I I don't know. I I think they're looking for something more. I'm really not sure. I don't know. Well, who's to say that those guys that they interviewed wanted the job afterwards? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, we don't know. Who, who's yeah. to say like the enemy I mean, interview with them? Because, Robert Powell jumped at that Jets job. Yeah, Just Brian Dable didn't want to interview with the Eagles. He's more content being an offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Than being like, a head coach in Philadelphia. You're, 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 Joe Brady's going to get a head coaching job at some point in his life, no matter what. He knows it. Kellen Moore, I think, honestly, 
will be in a position if he was in position to be the Boise he- Boise State head coach. So if not at the NFL level, the college level is going to be in position to be a head coach. They don't need this job. This doesn't this doesn't doesn't have this is not going to be their first end of all men's of not getting a head coaching job. Right. So these are thirty something year old coaches. Right. They don't have to take this job. They don't yeah. have they don't have to be mad if they miss out on this job. Like they they can say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean you know, the Eagles maybe you know, these coaches are saying no, and that's why they keep interviewing guys. Maybe McDaniels said no. Maybe it was always was McDaniels, and they just are just doing the process just to do the process. Well, how long is the process going to last? I know it took the Sixers five years in their process or whatever, <laughs> and nothing came from it. I mean, you got to end the process here with this search at some point. Uh, I just think they're embarrassed that they're doing a head coaching search, and they don't want to do it again. They think of themselves as being one of these perceived franchises. They're not a 4-11-1 and team. They're a team that just won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Like They don't want to do this again. Like yeah. you know, they they're embarrassed that they're in this position right now, uh, and they want a coach that won't ever put them in this position again. Who will change? And if anybody's going to change over time, and I mean, excuse me, and be creative in their offense, I should say, it is Josh. Like he does do innovative stuff with his offense year in and year out. Uh, what they're doing with the run game over there, they can they can put any running back in that backfield and all have success right now. Yeah. So, I maybe the I, I man I don't know man I feel like I'm just just talking. Honestly, I just because I, I can't sell myself on this Josh McDaniels pick no matter what. I just think he's going to end up being the guy. And I'm hoping that the Eagles prove me wrong because, again, I'm just a guy who talks into a microphone. I don't know more than what I'm not in these interviews. I don't know more than Jeffrey Lurie when it comes to picking a head coach. He picked a Super Bowl winning head coach and he picked a head coach who's been one of the most longest tenure head coaches in NFL history. So I I, I don't know more more than him. Yeah. Because uh, he failed with Chick Kelly once. Like, that doesn't mean that he fails with every coach he picks. So, uh, but. At the end of the day, I don't know what the, they they still have to convince me on Josh McDaniels because uh, reports, articles, uh, talking to people that know Josh McDaniels or like because I'm having Mark Schofield on tomorrow for the pod. Like that's not going to sell me on him. That's going to like at least open my mind up maybe a little bit more. But I'm going to need to see production. They're going to need to prove this to me. Right. Right. And the only way it's going to come, it's going to be proved is on the field when McDaniels is standing on the sidelines to open the 2021 season. Um, you know, Lurie and Roseman will say he was the guy we wanted all along. Uh, you it may have happened. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt if that is the truth. Um, I don't, I mean, from what you heard too and what I've heard and it's been numerously reported now, Lincoln Riley was their number one target. I, maybe Lincoln said, no, nah, you know, Oklahoma's good. Like I can get a head coaching job anytime I want. Yeah. But that's not the right situation for me. And Oklahoma's chilling right now. We got Spencer Rattler coming back. I'm let me rock. Yeah, like, maybe that's what he said. And they're like, okay, yeah. I mean, Josh, he, hired, Josh. he just hired another guy that was with the program, Lincoln Riley. Uh, yeah. So maybe yeah. number two was always Josh, and they didn't really think they had to go to number two, and they're just riding it out with number two. And hey, when you have to go to your second option, you might as well revisit all your other ones. I guess. I don't know. I really who knows what to make of this man. You know, they'll explain it in all the right ways. I'm not sure they'll be the the truthful ways, but they'll they'll have. I mean, that that interview. I mean, I remember the Doug Peterson conference and how like the air was just sucked out of that building, and Jeff McClain couldn't stop going at Je- uh, Jeffrey Lurie during that press conference and his process to this and everything that he did, just because everybody knew like, hey, Doug wasn't the guy. You guys wanted Ben Mackey doing like, no, no, no. We wanted Doug. Like, they had to do that. So, 
Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming they would have to do something like that again, where we all don't believe it. Right. That's that's what's probably going to happen. I mean, and it can't be any other way. But the proof in the pudding is going to be how McDaniel's does in 2021. You know, as a coach, what does his system look like? Who's the quarterback? Uh, how many wins do they get? If you start wearing a visor, you're going to be a candidate for the Eagles head coaching job. <laughs> so I mean, Steve Spurrier will be interviewed uh, on Thursday or Friday. Maybe next. Hey, man, you know some extensive stuff about the NFC East. What about Carson Wentz? <laughs> Spurrier. That's because I feel like that's every, it has to be every interview. They have that, like, hey, give us your name and then talk about Carson Wentz. Like, that's got to be it so far. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the roster, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, we're, really, I, I feel like another reason why, and we'll, we'll finish it up and wrap it up here. I feel like another reason why the these interviews are so extensive is because they they know that they have to hire somebody that has no notional attachment to this team because we're changing it from the inside out. Right. And someone that is content with not having any say over personnel uh, and maybe not their coaches, too. I mean, you're in charge of the roster and that's it. You know, I mean. How he makes the decisions, who's game day inactive and who's active. And all you do is take whatever players are available to you and you coach them up. It's got to be somebody that's content with that, you know, like a newcomer type guy. Like a, I don't think it's going to be that way anymore, though. Well, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I mentioned you hire. If it's Deuce, then yeah, it's going to be that way. But if it's Josh, no way. No way that happens. No way. Absolutely not. They, 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 there was a compromise that was reached in that room. Yeah. Because I know, I, we know Jeffrey, we know Howie, they have to be hands on. Never going to happen whether or not. But to the level of how much hands-on they are, had to be compromised with Joshua Daniels if that's your head coach. Yep. I would assume so. And then we'll see from where it goes from there uh, to see if he does have any control over everything. And then we'll see in his assistance, you know, if he's allowed to bring in his own assistance. Or- I would agree that he will be on the offensive side. But on the defensive side, they're going to tell him, what do you think about Gerard Mayo? Because we really liked him. But what do you think about him? Other than that, you have no say in this. Right. But right. this is us. Yeah. We do this. This is our department. This was the one compromise you're not going to get with us. And if I'm Josh, I'm like, you know what? Go ahead. I mean, he did pick a great defensive coordinator for the Colts, though. Matt Uberfuss is great. Future head coach candidate. Yeah. Uh, And he picked that. That was his pick for the defensive coordinator. He just didn't pick his OC. But I would think that they, they still don't let him do that. There's no way. Yeah. Unless it's Draw Mayo and they're like, hey, at least you know him. Yeah. And he's a guy that's up and coming, you know, someone who really does coordinate. I would not mind it. I think that's the best thing that can come from the Joshua Daniels hiring is they got an up-and-coming defensive coordinator like Draw Mayo. Who's, who, you know, now there's, you know, the NFL is giving these uh, comp picks to anyone who develops a minority candidate who moves on um, as a GM or on the coaching side. So you bring in Mayo and you develop him and maybe he's a head coach and then you pick up the comp, the comp pick, but that's getting way ahead. of. of yes, I would like to see what Mayo could even do with his defense in general. Yeah. And Mayo and who knows? Well, well, yeah, crazy, they say, hey, let's, we don't value linebackers, but we'll hire one as defensive coordinator. Yeah. And Matt, ben Belichick may not let him go. I mean, he might say, well, I'm going to give you my DC title and it's a lateral yeah, move. Yeah. But you can't prevent now. I don't think you can prevent minorities from moving laterally if, if given the opportunity. So they um, have to be play callers. If they're not calling plays 
like if the, he promotes Mayo and says, "Hey, Mayo, we're promoting you, but I'm not going to call plays," and yeah. the Eagles are like, "We'll let you call plays," he could that he can make that move. Yeah, yeah, he could if, if they really want him, and that that would I think that would be a good hire. I mean, he's intriguing, Mayo. I mean, he's a young guy. He's played the game. Rod, uh, Howie and I know nothing about linebackers. Can you teach us a thing or two? <laughs> yeah, right. What do you think of our linebacking core? Right. You know, yeah. These are all. These interviews are all feeling out processes too on on the yeah. side of things. That's why I feel like he comes in for that interview. Like, so um, how do you spell linebacker? <laughs> like, I don't know what else. Because other than that, uh, draw. He's not ready to be head coach. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a leader of men. He did. He was a great player for New England. And yeah. uh, if you read up on him, he's the rave reviews as a, as a coach so far. And I, I mean, look, look no further than what D'Amico Ryan's a former Eagles linebacker is doing in, in San Francisco right now. Uh, identical with draw Mayo, I would think. Yeah. So I would be okay with that. Yeah. I would, I would let, let's, let's see it rock. Hey, we think this way about the linebacker position. Maybe we're wrong. And now we're keeping an open mind. Like we did with hiring Joshua Daniels. We'll keep an open mind with how the guy views the defense. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what I would think if this, this ends up being McDaniels, but we'll see. Yep. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Again, we're powered by Manscaped and DraftKings. You can go to manscaped.com, use promo code BRAWL. That's 20% off plus free shipping. You can help Jeffrey Lurie find his next head coach by going to manscaped.com, using promo code BRAWL. He needs to shave clearly. Anyways, Ed, as always, you can find his great work and John McMullins on the Eagles Maven of the Sports Illustrated. They have recovery in this head coaching search from A to Z. Every single report, every like you guys drop one like every hour, I feel like, about <laughs> what's going on with this head coaching search. Yeah. You're well, on the buzz, man. You're on the buzz right now. How's your family doing? Are you, are you able to see them? Uh, every now and then they pop into my office here and uh, say hello. I feel like you're stuck in there, man. Like, hey, get, yeah. leave the dinner at the door. I'm busy talking about that's, the Eagles head coaching search. That's pretty much it, man. Yeah. Not even that, the radio interviews too. I mean, you're you're not just hopping on Eagles Ball, you're everywhere talking to people about this what's going on right now. Yeah, I know. Yep. I mean that's why I'm really hoping it ends sooner here rather than later. So <laughs> life can return to somewhat normal. I'm not sure it will, but because there's so oh, many other things happening, you know. This is oh, and this is only the tip of the iceberg is the head coaching search. Yeah. Right. You got I, feel like, I mean, yeah. I feel like no matter what, and we'll end it this way. Your your next head coach has to level the playing field and be fair to all his new players coming in and say this is an open quarterback competition. Yeah, I don't think you can just if he on that he goes into this building and says Carson Wentz is my starting quarterback and I'm, that there's no other way. You, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Miles Sanders, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager, they looked pretty hyped when Jalen Hurts was back there. They, they looked more hyped than the defensive guys were about it. It's, like, such a, it's such a dilemma. I mean, it really you had coach and come in there and just wave his, I mean, um, no. wave him with power around that way and say, this is the decision I made without even coaching you guys. I know. It has to be an open competition. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it for sure. I'll be very dramatic when we do. Yep. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Unexpected trouble? CashNet USA can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds. Our fast, secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24-7. Plus, CashNet USA offers same-day funding if approved before 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Additional terms may apply. Visit CashNetUSA.com or tap the banner to apply today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.